Many are getting rich. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is a senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Somebody give the Lord a shout. Now, that does not sound like a shout to me. As I give the Lord a shout of praise. Add some craziness to your shout. Add some joy to your shout. Add some formula to your shout. Come on, get a personalized shout. Don't let your shout sound like somebody's shout. Hey, if the person's shout sounds like your shout, tell the person stop it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, give the Lord your own personalized shout. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, there are some people, they want to be in the number when the names of rich men are being written. Some people, they want to be in the number when politicians are being called. Some people, they want to be in the number when people who know a, a president or a human authority are being numbered. So I know I, I'm part of this family. I'm part of this. But you see, it takes a special group of people. To say that when the saints, God's people are being numbered, I want to be a part of that number. I want to be a part of that number. If there's somebody here you want to be a part of that number, one last time give the Lord a shout. Shout shout glory. Shout glory. Shout glory. Oh, Lord, I want to be in that number. 
Yeah. I want to give the Lord some praise. Yeah. If you are not praising God, it means that you are jealous of my track. You are jealous of my song. Give a clap of praise to Jesus Christ. Today is Kingdom Emphasis Sunday. Kingdom Emphasis Sunday. How many of you enjoyed the talk show? You are blessed by the testimonies. Look, somebody testifying that the father is it? If you are not in the shoes of the person, you will just see only face value to what they are saying. Because this is somebody telling us about his own biological father. And this man could get so attacked by the spirit of drunkenness. He said, Papa, several times we have had to go and pick this man from the gutters. From the gutters. I don't know whether you know about that situation. Just several times we became a laughing stock. It is because of that we even relocated from where we are staying in Kanesha to come to another place so that the, the shame will be wiped away and then to display. <laughs> when the devil is following you, it doesn't matter your location. Somebody said, I'm running from the Ghanaian devils and went to a, uh, another country to follow them. <laughs> and they know they have, they have a before aeroplane. <laughs> what are you talking about? And over and over and over again. A loving stock to the community. The whole family was on standstill. Project C's, no development. Nothing was making progress. And then he got introduced to the word of God. To a ministry that time was called Triumphant Generation. He said, ah, I believe that this man of God is my prophetic connect. And he said, Lord, as I commit myself to serve you, Say, my father. You know, there comes a point in time when you realize that my yenya meets me now, so whatever I'm doing is not working. Have you been, have you, have you realized that sometimes it comes to a certain point? I have done everything that I know how to do. I have done everything that wisdom has taught me how to. I don't mean pastor wisdom, but wisdom has taught me how to do. I've done everything and still it is not working. We have cancelled it. Malam. Edufa. Come on. In, 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 I remember back in the day, Edunfa was known as the last stop. The, the, the problem last stop. You, that, that means that you are virtually giving up. Are you understanding me? And then, somewhere, somehow, God gives him a revelation. I don't know why he made that decision. Because there are other people's fathers are having problems. That they are Even there are people, some, some, of, some people have spoken to me. And they are saying that there are people who have died and they've told their family members come for miracle service and the people still don't want to come. But they are jumping from hospital to hospital to hospital. So it means that for somebody to come to the house of God for help, God must have spoken to him. Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And God gave him an insight into kingdom service that as you give up yourself to serve me, I will release my power to work on you. And look at that. Now today, his father has become a testament of what God is able to do. If you don't celebrate this testimony, I'll be suspecting you. Because I, I don't think that you are the one who was doing the father. So you, you should be happy. Now, there are things he didn't even add to that testimony. About how all of a sudden, work related. The father started doing well. Project that has stopped. Now, 
started going up, that attack was ended. And it was not because of some anointing oil that was poured on the head of that father, but because he said that I want to serve God. This is a covenant. He said, Lord, as I serve you, save this man. As I serve you, deliver this man. To the extent that he had an opportunity to travel outside the country, share that somebody who said, I'm <laughs> to the point that he had an opportunity to leave this country. And then he came to lie down and said, Lord, I am sacrificing this for you. In fact, that is, he has summarized my preaching for today. He has summarized my message for today. And because of what he did, now, the father was a drunkard. And whenever they were talking to him, now he's calling him and praying, Raku para city. The tongues is changing for you. I said, God is changing the situation. At first, the man was speaking one tongue, but now another tongue is speaking over. No wonder the Bible said, do not be filled with wine, wherein there is excess, but filled with the spirit. You know, what he didn't know is that the father never stopped becoming a drunkard. But now the wine has changed. I said the wine has changed. I said the wine has changed. Somebody, the wine in your life is going to change. I said the wine in your life is going to change. Give the Lord a shout of praise and celebrate Him. Glory! Lift up your right hand wherever you are. Say, Father, make me relevant in the kingdom of God. Say, Father, make me relevant in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Yes, money is it. That is the Bible says that love covers it. He has covered the thing for me. Hallelujah. I hope you understand me. You need to become relevant in the kingdom of God. Relevant. Lift up the right hand. Say, Father, help me to become relevant in your kingdom in these last days. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now say, Father, I declare this morning my heart is open. My mind is ready to receive with humility your word. And as your word comes, I declare my life will never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout a big amen. Give a clap of praise to the Lord. Can you take your seat in the presence of the Lord? Michael, welcome my microphone for me. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. I'm having a lot of echo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's appreciate the media team down there. Let's appreciate him until my microphone becomes very excellent. Let's keep appreciating them. He lies fans. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, we give Jesus all the praise. We give him all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Precious Father, you sent me this morning to come and give a word to your children, which will prepare them for your coming, which will prepare them for what you have prepared for us, even in these end times, even before your glorious return. Precious Lord Jesus, speak through me. 
let these lips of clay minister your oracles. And Father, let specific words be spoken into the hearts of everyone hearing God. Let them see, ah, if God has spoken to me and my life will never be the same again. Thank you, Father, that you have heard us in Jesus' name. Let your amen sound like thunder. Yeah. Hallelujah. Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. The priority of every believer in this last day should be the kingdom. This morning I'm sharing with you on the subject becoming kingdom conscious. Becoming kingdom conscious. Having a mentality and a mindset that is set on the kingdom of God. And my prayer this morning is that God will give us insights. Number one, God will cause us to make a decision. Number two, and God will establish us in functionality in the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33. The Bible tells us in the King James Version, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. So God has a kingdom. Are we together? Number one, you can write it down. Oh, that's number two. I've already said the priority of every believer should be the kingdom. And number two, God has a kingdom. And he's saying in the scripture, the seek first, give first priority to the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you shall be added unto you. This entire week I have been emphasizing that the purpose of our fasting and our prayer shouldn't be because we want to use them or we want to, we want to consume them on our natural appetite, our natural lust, our natural desires. The Bible mentions three things in this world. Listen, we are not in this world alone. We are in this world with three things. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And the Bible says that he that has this sin in him, he lost the world. And because of that, the love of the Father is not in such a person. And unfortunately, this is the same thing that we find ourselves looking for and spending our energies and our passions to, to, to bring into our lives. The Bible, uh, when we talk about the lust of the eyes, we are looking at things that are attractive to our eyes, things that are desirous. And you realize that the devil is putting a lot of things out there for us today. You go on social media, it's all over the place. Hey, I've seen this house. This is how I want my house to be. Hey, I've seen this wedding. This is how I want my wedding to be. Hey, I've seen this wedding gown. I've seen this suit. I've seen this. It is all the lust of the eyes. The desires that come through the eyes. You see things and you like it and you want it so badly. That is how the devil was able to tempt uh, Eve. The Bible said that she saw the apple. It was, the Bible didn't say apple. The Bible said fruit. Amen. But we were told in, in Sunday school that it was apple. So she saw the fruits. And the Bible said she saw that it was desirous. She saw it. The thing appealed to her eyes. The lust of the eyes. And the Bible calls the second one the lust of the flesh. That is what will give the flesh physical satisfaction. You eat for enjoyment. You eat and you are, you, you are satisfied. You are engaged in certain practices and you feel a release in yourself. The flesh is being satisfied. The lust of the flesh. And then there's something known as the pride of life. 
Now, this is the last for power, last for recognition, last for respect, last for people to value you. That is why sometimes when people are doing things in the house of God and nobody's giving them open recognition, they feel undervalued and devalued, not knowing that their reward is safe with the Father in heaven. So the last of the flesh, which is the, the, the last for power, which is the pride of life, these things, when they are controlling you, the Bible says that you are in love with the world. The things that are in the world, you have too much desire for them. And he said that when you do this, since you have this in you, you don't love the Father, you love the world. You love the world. And because of that, because the world will perish, you will perish with the world. But the Bible says that for us to survive, we need to have the love of the Father in us. We need to have the love of the Father in us. Back to our scripture, Matthew 6, 33. He says, if you give the kingdom of God and his righteousness first priority in life, all these things, even though you are not desiring for them, God will give them to you. God will give them to you. Beautiful things. Things that will bring you satisfaction and will give you honor, value, and respect. But this time, you are not chasing them. They will rather be chasing you. They will rather be chasing you. They will rather be chasing you. I'm reading the same scripture. If you have New Living Translation, put it on the screen for us. But this is what the New Living Translation says. It says that, and he will give you, that's talking about God the Father. He will give you all you need from day to day. And healthy. All you need from day to day. The things you need every single day. He said he'll give you all you need from day to I don't know which kind of NLT you are using, but my NLT is nicer. <laughs> if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Your primary concern. Your primary concern. Why do we have primary school, secondary school, and tertiary education? Primary means that this is the basic and everybody must have it. First things first. You cannot go to secondary without primary. You cannot go to tertiary without primary. Primary is the beginning of everything. The foundation of everything should be given first priority. That is why even in the Constitution, one of the dictates of the Constitution is mandatory primary education for all Ghanaians. All Ghanaians. When somebody said, I'm going to bring free SHS for free education, really, it is not the vision of that person. It is something that is even enshrined in the constitution of Ghana. So primary education is of vital importance. It's of vital importance. Here he's telling us the kingdom of God is of vital importance because it should be your primary concern. Your primary concern, the gospel of the kingdom will be the most popular, influential, and rewarding message. Ah, rewarding message in these last days. In these last days, in these last days, there is a gospel known as the gospel of the kingdom. When you study the New Testament, there is a gospel of salvation, there is a gospel of peace, 
And there's also the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel where the kingdom of God is emphasized. It should be the most popular, the most influential, and the most rewarding message before Jesus Christ returns. Those who preach the message of the kingdom, they will see the real and the true blessings of God. Those who emphasize on what is called the kingdom of God, they understand that they are not just members of a church, they are not just practitioners of a religion, but they are part of a kingdom. They understand that they are not just children of God, but they are part of a kingdom. They belong to a certain nationality. They are citizens of a certain kingdom. Those who come to appreciate these things, the Bible is telling us they are going to be the most rewarded. Matthew chapter 24, the verse number 14. The Bible says, and the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. And then the end come, or and then shall the end come. So the end will only come after this particular gospel, very specific. He could have said that the gospel will be preached to the ends of the earth. But he said that this gospel of the kingdom, of the kingdom, so there is a kingdom of God. Every believer must understand that there is a kingdom of God. It will do us good to align with the message of the kingdom. It will do us good. It will do us good. Understand this very important fact. The final and the highest revelation that we will get to know of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ is not that Jesus is a savior. It's not that Jesus is our brother. It's not that Jesus has come to forgive our sins. It's even not that Jesus is the Lord of the church, but that Jesus and God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That God is a king. That is the most, the final and the most high, the highest level of revelation that we are going to encounter of God. To the world of sinners, God is a God or God is a deity, a spirit being that people worship. And to them also, they see him, those who, the sinners who want salvation, they see him as a savior. It is the revelation of God. To them, God is a savior. So the world have a certain revelation of God. That is why they will not respect God. They will not live a good life. But whenever they want an intervention, like to some politicians, whenever it's going to get into election year, that's when they go and consult God. Either they go through, they go to church for a pastor to pray for them, or they'll go to some place, uh, a malam somewhere, a fetish, a fetish priest somewhere. Why? Because they believe in the spirituality of a certain deity, a spirit being that can bless them. So they see God as a savior. But to these people also, a time is going to come, he will be known as a judge. As a judge. Because that also is a revelation of God. That also is a revelation of God. To the baby Christian, they know God as a father. Oh, God is my father. That is the initial revelation that we get of God. The Bible says he has sent his spirit in us, by which we are able to cry, Abba, Father. So when you come into Christ, 
first, as a baby Christian, the first revelation you have of God is that he's the father. John wrote to the uh, Christians in First John chapter 2. You read from the verse number 12 to the verse number 14. He said, I write unto you little children, because your sins have been forgiven you for his name's sake. Because children, the children, those who are children in the spirit, they sin a lot. So they need to be encouraged that even though they are making mistakes, God has not forsaken them. So I write to you to remind you that your sins have been forgiven you. And then he said, I write unto you, Father, uh, fathers, because you have known him. That is from the beginning. The fathers don't know about sins being forgiven. They have already passed that level. And they're having another higher relationship with God where they have come to a place of knowledge of him. He said, I write unto young men. So you write from little children, you write to the level of being a young man. Why? Because you have overcome the wicked one. The little children, number one, stop always sins. Number two, they are pushed about by the devil. Today, oh, I had this attack. Today, this dream. Today, I saw a, a, a witch like a chicken chasing me. And they have all kinds of things. But the young men, they say, let the devil bring it on. Let the devil bring it on. I'll, I'll squash the devil. Their faith has become strong. They are not afraid of the devil. Yet, they have not yet gotten to a certain level. Now, they see God as a power to be used. As somebody that they can take advantage of. And God wants us to rise up to understand that we can take advantage of him and of his resources that are available to us. And he said, and I write unto you again this time, little children, because you have known the father. Little children know God as a father. They know God as a father. So for the baby Christian, oh, God has called. I'm now a part of the family of God. God is my father. That is a good revelation. But it is a level. It is a level to the church. He's known as the great shepherd. First Peter chapter 5 verse 4. When the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away. So he's the chief shepherd of the church. Because the church, we are his flock. And he's the number one shepherd. In fact, when you study the context of that scripture, he was talking to pastors. How pastors are supposed to be shepherds of the flock. And he, Jesus, is the general overseer. The chief shepherd. The geo number one. Oga kwata kwata. He said that when he, he comes, he has some rewards for us who are in the church. Now, to the bride, the church of Jesus Christ is going to evolve to become the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. To the bride of Christ, the bride is talking about a mature church. A church that has identified who they are. A church that the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter number 5, it's without wrinkle and without spots and without blemish or any such thing. That church has worked on itself. That church has applied the right spiritual makeup to bring beauty, excellence, majesty, and power to her identity. To the church, they see Jesus Christ and they see God as their husband. The revelation is in Christian here. Now it is not just as a father, it's not just as a savior, but as a husband. Who, who is the husband? Husband means master. It means the one who leads you about. Now at this point, we are losing our will and we are submitting our will to the will of God. So to the church, Jesus is a bride. Verse 23, verse 24 of Ephesians 5. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject on Christ, so let the wife be to their own husbands in everything. Start hear the word of the Lord to every husband and to every wife in, in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, the way the church submits 
to Jesus. That is why every that's how every wife should submit to their husband. Every wife should submit to their husband. This is the law of the scriptures. This is the principle of the scriptures. This is what God has ordained and determined for for marriage to be successful. But today we have a lot of intelligent women. And they are so intelligent that not only are they more intelligent than their husbands, they are more intelligent than the word of God. So, I've been, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a, a printing press so that we can edit this portion of the Bible so that it will suit them. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. It's why we can have more men in this place today. So amen is so come. I say hallelujah. They say amen. You see, you see, if you don't say amen, it means that you are manifesting what I'm saying now. As I say amen. Hallelujah. So, that is just a, a caveat, a, a, a diversion. But this is scripture. You know, as you grow in the Lord, some things like this shouldn't trigger you. When you say hallelujah, Father, thank you for your word. But when you are triggered by these things, it means that your heart is not submitted to the word of God. You have not submitted to the word of God. And that is the foundation of the problems. That is the foundation of marital uh, problems. When we are not able to align ourselves to the principles of the scriptures. Today I'm not talking about marriage. So I'm letting you understand that the church is like the wife. And so the church sees Jesus and go as a husband. And we are submitted to Jesus Christ. But at the end of it all, the Bible says that this Jesus that we are serving, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 13 to 16, I'm going to read very quickly. He said, I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things. In other words, he gives life to all things. And before Jesus Christ, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that you keep his commandments without spots, unrebukable. And to the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming again. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming again. The whole reason why we are going up and down, preaching the gospel, and building ourselves in the faith is because Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. And when he comes, look at what's going, how it's going to be. He says that which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate. Oh my God. He's the blessed. Jesus is the blessed and only potentate. You know what potentate means? He's talking about all power. There's no power besides Jesus' power. He was the one when he resurrected from the dead. He said, all authority, all power in heaven and on earth is given unto me. Meaning the only power that is relevant power is Jesus' power. And he said that that is how he ascended into heaven. And one day when he's coming, he's not coming as a sheep. He's not coming as a lamb. He's coming as the only potentate, the king of kings and the lord of lords. This is the Jesus that we are serving. He entered into heaven as a king. He entered into heaven as somebody who is glorious, a Lord above lords. That is why when Jesus ascended, the Bible said that God the Father got up from the throne. And he allowed Jesus to sit down because there he was enthroned. He was crowned with many crowns and thrown the king. And so at his return, he's not coming back as a lamb. No, he's coming back as a king. That is the highest and the final revelation that we are going to have about Jesus Christ. That is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It will do you good to identify that understanding of Jesus Christ early in your Christianity. Early 
in your Christianity. Revelation 17, the verse number 14. said, these shall make war with the Lamb. He's talking about the final war. That war of Armageddon. The finality of finalities. And, and the Lamb shall overcome them. Hallelujah. For he is the Lord of Lords. This is The Lamb shall overcome them. Who is the Lamb? Jesus Christ. Why? He is the Lord of Lords. And the king of kings, and they are with him, are called and trusted and faithful. I was actually looking for a picture so that I would have displayed you to for you to see how in the final time in Jesus' return, you'll be seated as a king upon a white horse. And out of his mouth shall come forth a double-edged sword. And by that sword, he's going to bring judgment to the nations judgment to the nations listen that jesus that we are talking about he's not just a mythical figure he's not just a religious leader he's a mighty god the i am that i am the king of kings the one who deserves to be bowed down and worshiped revelation 19 verse 11 to 16 and i saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he does judge and he makes war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. I'm taking my time over here because I want you to see the picture of Jesus. And on his head were many crowns. So when you see that Jesus said, there's no crown upon crown upon crown upon crown. What does that mean? Victories upon victories upon victories upon victories. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He revealed to us that name. Eh? Verse number 13. He said, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name was called the word of God. His name was called the word of God. The Bible said, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So he's telling us that he's talking about Jesus Christ. Verse number 14. And the armies which were in heaven followed him. <laughs> As a captain of the host of God have I come. And upon white horses clothed in fine linen and fine linen, white and clean. Verse 15, quickly. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he shall smite the nations. The sword was coming out of his mouth, very sharp. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And the verse number 16 gives us the ultimate revelation of who he is. And he hath on his vesture, meaning on his clothing, and on his tie, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is Jesus Christ at his final revelation to the world. Look. You need to see who you are worshipping. So that when you are worshipping and you are going about your Christianity, you know where we are going. We know who we are expecting. We are not, Jesus is not going to come and then he will come and say, oh, I'm, no, no, he's not coming as a lamb. He's not coming as a weak person. My God, my God, my God. The nations are tremble before the Lord. The nations are trembling. Somebody said that, oh, if I die and I see that there is a God, I'll tell him that he didn't give me enough evidence. You you don't know what you are talking about. When you meet God, you can talk. When you meet Jesus now, you cannot talk. The time we could talk was the time he put on flesh and dwelt amongst men. But now he's risen in glory. Anybody that encounters him falls down flat and they are like dead. Until he says speak, you cannot speak. Until he empowers you. To put words in your mouth. Your mouth is like a dumb person. All authority has left you. Because the finality of authority has appeared. That is the Jesus Christ that we worship. That is the Jesus Christ that we worship. He is the king of kings. So amongst all kings, they are crowned him king. 
Amongst all lords, he's the one that reigns over them. Like the Nigerians say, Oga, kwata, kwata, kwata. The final, final. Dogboro. The one beyond him, there's none other. So, God is a king. Jesus is a king. That is the final revelation we need to have about him. And listen, every king has a kingdom. Until you understand that God is a king, you will not realize that there is a kingdom, a kingdom that we are talking about. Every king has a kingdom. The kingdom is talking about number one, his domain of authority. So, uh, uh, let's say the king of the United Kingdom, he, his domain is UK. So, the land, the, 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 the physical land where his authority is exerted. And number two, his kingdom encompasses the subjects. The human beings that are within the kingdom over which he is lord, over which his authority is exercised. So when we talk about kingdom, we are talking about number one, space, and number one, two, number two, subjects, individuals, individuals. In the kingdom of God, it covers both space and individuals. In Psalm 24, verse number one, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's, number one, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell in it. People don't know, but the whole world belongs to God. The whole world belongs to God. This is his domain of authority. It's in the whole world. In fact, all of God's creation, all of God's universe, everything that God has created from the stars, the moon, everything that we have discovered, and the ones that are yet to be discovered, because even scientists are realizing that there are multiverses, several universes. The galaxy is not, the, the earthly galaxy, Milky Way, is not the only universe. There are multiverses. They are, they are developing powerful telescopes that are seen beyond even Pluto, beyond even planet Earth, and rising at their stars. that have not even been known yet. And all of these things belong to God's kingdom. All of these things belong to God's kingdom. The Bible calls them the host of heaven. All of them are part of the kingdom of God. The other day, some years ago, I was telling a certain lady, I was like, on that day when the fullness of God's kingdom is made manifest, we'll see creatures that we have never seen before. We'll see colors that we have never seen before. We'll see beings that are not like human beings. We'll see beings that we have never even imagined before. There are creatures in this world. When even uh, some people say uh, UFOs, unidentified flying objects, and they are talking about aliens, please, they are real. They are real. They are real. They are beings in God's universe that have never been, have not yet been discovered. But at that time, oh, when all of God's wisdom is fulfilled, that is when there's going to be the full revelation of everything that belongs to God. And the Bible says that that is why he came to set up a kingdom in earth. The earth kingdom that God established was to set up not just a family of human beings worshiping, but a kingdom that He's going to a, a kingdom that He's going to train kings in. That's why the Bible says that we have been made unto God kings and priests. The Bible says we are part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation. The Bible tells us that don't you know that you will judge angels? How will you judge if you are not a person of authority? So, what we are going through in this earth is an education. It's an education. And that is why at the end of the education, there are going to be rewards. Some are going to get first class, some are going to get second class, some are going to get third class. There are going to be rewards. And the rewards that you get is going to determine the number of nations, the number of kingdoms that you are going to rule over. 
the Bible tells us that in uh, some, uh, no, Matthew chapter number 25, Jesus gave a parable. He said that a great man went on a journey to, for a kingdom, uh, and then when he returned, so he had a house. Yes, he went to establish a kingdom. And he had servants, and he gave them assignments. What the servants didn't know that the assignments were tests. And so at the end of the day, the one who got ten talents said, I rule thee over ten cities. So it meant that there were other cities that were different from the house that they were being trained in. Look, our time in this earth is actually being in the house, being trained. But our cities, our cities in God's kingdom, that is going to make us rulers of. Those who, the one who was able to get four, said, rule with you over four cities. The one who had one, he said, you, you are not getting any city. Take what you have and give it to the one who has ten. The one who has ten. Listen to me. As we are going through this earth, all our shabalaba is not just about God, my miracle money. No. He's building something. Because there's a kingdom to be possessed. There's a kingdom to be possessed. You need to understand it quickly. The reason why I am preaching so passionately about this. Some of them have told us, ah, pastor, take your time and teach us this thing very well. No, it is not just a teaching. It's a passion in me. Why? Because we don't have much time. And many of us are slow in learning. We are taking our time to learn something which we should be learning urgently. The time is come is 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 is, is soon is get, it's getting closer and the time is getting shorter and shorter and shorter with each passing day. With each passing day. What have you done today about the kingdom that you are part of? No, God is not happy when he sees that uh, uh, his children are, are are suffering from demonic attacks because demons are like the smallest in the ladder of authority. First of all, witches. Smallest but we are afraid of witches. We are afraid of demons. And it was, it's like, wow. If these people who knew who they were, they knew the kingdom they were part of, they will rise up in the authority. Let me go on quickly. Psalm 24, 7 to 10, the Bible tells us that he is a king of glory. The Lord, strong and mighty, he is a king of glory. So God is represented as a king. You see, he created the earth and everything that is in it, Matthew. And so, what does he want to do? He wants to establish his kingdom. Matthew chapter 6, the verse number 10. It's, uh, it's Matthew 6, 10. Jesus taught them to pray, and the prayer says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's your purpose in heaven? He wants it to be established in the earth. So, Genesis chapter 12, verse 42. Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the Messiah, the possessor of heaven and earth. What am I trying to define to you? The, the, the domain and the scope of the kingdom. The domain and the scope of the kingdom. Today, I'm not really here to teach you about the kingdom. There are some dimensions. If I go on into, I will not be able to hit my aim for today. Well, we understand first of all that the kingdom of God is first a spiritual kingdom, but it will become a physical kingdom in time. It's first a spiritual kingdom. So when we come born again, spiritually, all of us enter into the kingdom of God. All of us become a part of the kingdom of God. Colossians chapter number 1, the verse number 13. He has delivered us from the power. That word power means kingdom or it means authority. The 
power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So the day you became born again, the day you received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, Matthew, uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Why didn't he say that if you confess with your mouth, say via Jesus or sweet Jesus or good Jesus, but rather the Lord Jesus. It is that how you are going to be saved. So the day you receive Jesus as your Lord, you are automatically received him also as your king. As your king. And when you receive him as your king, you are translated according to Colossians chapter 1, 12 and 13 into his kingdom. We have been translated. We have been moved. We have been transposed. We have been relocated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Lift up your right hand. Say, I belong to the kingdom of Jesus. So I belong to the kingdom of God. Say, I'm a citizen of God's kingdom. Say, I'm a citizen of his dear son, of the kingdom of his dear son. Look, because you are a citizen of the kingdom of his dear son, you are a part of his kingdom. Now, every kingdom is, is operated or run on rules and regulations. In Ghana, we call it, or many parts of the world, we call it the constitution of the land. Can I tell you the truth? The constitution of our kingdom is the word of God. Is the word of God. Listen, this book is not just a story book. It's not just a poetry book. It's not just a lover's book. Those of you go for the songs of Solomon to go and use for your things. It's not just that. It's not just a historical book. Oh, I've got them already. <laughs> so my, my love is <laughs> glory to Jesus Christ. Yes. That is it. <laughs> we, we drop them. <laughs> Where did they fall from? From the Bible. The Bible is manifesting before us. Glory to Jesus Christ. But this book is a constitution. He said his name is the word of God. Oh God help me. I don't have time this morning. I I wonder I don't have time. There are things to know. And I'm trusting God. Pray for me. Pray for me. I will teach you the word of God. This book it's a constitution. It's the guide of life. It is not a suggestion book. It's not just a book for belief and for customary practices. It is a constitution. Jesus said, on that day, I will not need to judge you, but the words that I've spoken, they'll be your judge. Is that not a constitution? Is that not a constitution? When you go to a court, is it the opinion of the judge that is used? Is it the opinion of a lawyer that is used? Is there a ruling word? A constitution. This book is a constitution. This book is a constitution. Second Timothy chapter number three. Second Timothy chapter number three, sixteen and seventeen. So all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, meaning teaching, something that you have to live by, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction. It can tell you what not to do, and it can tell you what to do. Verse seventeen says that so that the man of God may become perfect, equipped for every good work. Listen, I'm taking my time over here because we need to understand that the ruling authority that God brings, uses to bring prosperity into our life is the word of God. 
Anything that you are going to function by, when you want to become a kingdom conscious person, you must understand where you are going to get the directions and the dictates of your life from. How do you live your life? Do you live your life based on what you have read on social media? Do you live your life on your own terms? Yesterday when we went to do the um, uh, hostel invasion, uh, we met a young man and he was talking about, he said he had, uh, he had, a, he had questions. and was questioning about the existence of God. But now he had decided to go to church. He had chosen one church to be attending. And uh, he said he was not going to be in church today. And so we asked him, why are you not going to be in church? He said, oh, I, I just don't want to go to church today. He said, why if you don't go to your church? Come to our church. Our church is just across the street. I won't lie to you. I don't want to come to church. And then as we're talking to him, he began to open up and he shared with us. He said the reason why he's even going to church is because he himself had made a decision that even though he cannot understand whether God exists or not, he himself is coming to terms with himself that he will live a good life so that one day if there's a God, he, it will, it's up to him to the church. And so this man, he's living, even though it sounds very good, he's living by his own terms. That's why he can decide not to go to church. Anybody who can wake up in the morning and say that today I won't go to church, you are living by your own terms. You are living by your own terms. You wake up one day. Is it because we don't come to church because we want to come to church? We come to church because the, the law book says that we should come to church. The law book says that do not forsake the assembling of yourself together. The law book says that we have to come to church. Do you know as a human being, I wake up some mornings on Sunday, I don't want to come to church as a pastor. But I have to come to church because I don't live by my own terms. I don't live by my own terms. You see, I told you when you start with Christianity, you start as a babe. God is a father. Father, there, oh, if I, 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 when I, 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 I won't do it and then I'll go and die, die him. <laughs> but when you start growing up, you now realize that he's a king. And a king has power to punish. Has power to, 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 to sanction. When you rise up to that place of knowledge, you realize that maturity is coming. Maturity is coming. The growth of their kingdom. You are not a king until you are looking for the advancement of your kingdom. And so, if we are going to be citizens who are part of the kingdom, and we are aligning with our king, he says that we should spread the message of our kingdom. Preach the word. Herald the word. Send out to people for them to know that there's a kingdom and we have a king. That is the purpose of our lives. This is how we need to live. This is how the kingdom wants our mentality to be. When we go out preaching the gospel, it is not just about evangelism. It is about spreading the kingdom. Advance the walls of the kingdom. It's a preach the word. And it's a keep your sense of what? Agency. Number two. Have a sense of agency. Number two, keep your sense of agency. What does keeping your sense of agency mean? Understand that time, no day. Understand that we don't have time. Understand that whatever we have to do, we must do it quickly. Even for Jesus to be betrayed, because he knew it was part of the kingdom processes. He told uh, Judas, he said, whatever you have to do, do it what? Quickly, agency. You know our problem nowadays. We are too relaxed. Anybody who is a relaxed church member is not kingdom conscious. Too relaxed because we don't know what it takes. We are living by our own terms. We want to choose where we go and we want to choose where we don't go. 
Look, Peter, Jesus told Peter that a time is going to come. You are going to be led where you don't want to go. And you are going to die a way you don't want to die. Jesus, when Peter was going to be killed, he was to be crucified like Jesus. He said, no, I am too small to be crucified like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. The man had lost all his sense of being. And everything was now Jesus Christ. Everything was now Jesus Christ. How much of Jesus Christ you have in you? When I say how much of Jesus you have in you, by being born again, you have all of Jesus in you. But in your mind, in your consciousness, in your awareness, how much does Jesus Christ take? Some of us are more aware of our bosses in the office than we are aware of Jesus Christ. We are more aware of our friends that we are aware of Jesus Christ. We are more aware of our certificates than we are aware of Jesus Christ. We are more aware of certain physical things than we are aware of Jesus Christ. But we need to be kingdom conscious. We need to be kingdom conscious. Our minds must be changed. Have a sense of urgency. It means that be like a military person. The other day, I had two police officers who had gotten married in my office. And they were telling me what things in their six months training. He said, hey, what's up? And now, I see, I see. So for you are not, 1 a.m., if you are lucky, you will let you go and sleep. 4 a.m., you should be up. When you are up, you are running all the day. When you get a time to go and sit down, you don't lie down. Because you hear a whistle at a time you don't want to hear. And when the whistle comes, you are supposed to be back out there. That's every time you are supposed to be militant. Ever ready, battle ready. Please keep the scripture over there. Militant. He said, your sense of urgency. Be ever ready. Some of us, oh, let's go and preach. Oh, I'm not prepared. I didn't prepare. Come and do this in church. Hey, you didn't tell me early. You didn't tell me early. Why didn't we send this in early? Why didn't, we, why didn't the announcement come early? You see, you don't understand the kingdom of God. That's why you complain a lot. He said, be prepared in season and out of season. Be prepared in season out of season. Me, I like to go to a church where the things are very structured and the people are... Sir. Sir. Sir, do you know who you are talking to when you speak that way? He said, be prepared in season and out of season. Keep your sense of urgency. He said, of somebody, be at hand and what? Ready. Be at hand and ready. How many of us see right now... God speaks by His Spirit right now and says, that, Hey, Ben, I am sending you to go and start a church. Go and pack your mind. Eh? So, tell God, I have calculated the number of times that I'm supposed to take my wife for a journey and take her to this place and take her to this place. I'm not ready. He said, Be at once, hand and ready. Be at hand and ready. Jesus is trying to tell us something that we need to be battle ready and prepared all the time. Look at what he says. Whether the opportunity was seems what? Or what? Unfavorable. Seems what? Favorable. I told you that this I'm going to take my time because I want every word to enter your heart. Every word must enter somewhere in your body. Whether it seems what? Favorable. Do you know that God can tell you to stop your schooling and go and serve him? Do you know that God can t- tell you to leave family and go and serve him? 
You know, God can take you out of your comfort zone. And say that change the things that you are, you are, you are, you are comfortable with. Just for his purpose. And this is what he's going to bless. Serving. I don't know whether some of you are um, hearing me. If you are really hearing me, you see that the Christian you have been doing, it looks like we are playing. It looks like we are really, really playing. Because we allow a lot of things. Oh, and yes, oh, and yes, and yes, and yes, and yes, you know, it's grace, grace, grace. Oh, and yes, grace, grace, grace. Glad. Whether it's favorable or unfavorable. Look at what does it continue to say? Whether it's what? Or what? Whether it's what? Or what? And now the next weather. Whether it's what? Or what? Whether. Whether it is what? Or what? Then it's welcome or welcome. Whether it's how you imagine it to be or it's not. It's a different way. So that be, hand, be at hand and ready. Be at hand and ready. Be at hand and ready. Why? Because of verse 1. His second, his, 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 his soon return. His glorious return. And his kingdom that is coming. Say you as a preacher of the word. As a preacher of the word. So, number one, preach the word. Share the word of God with people. Number two, have a sense of urgency. Be ready at all times, a militant attitude. Number three, preach the word and show people in what way their lives are wrong. <laughs> show them that there is a better way of living. And look at that. And convince them rebuking and correcting and warning and urging and encouraging them. That is anakazu. Number one was to teach them the word, preach the word. Number two, he said, I now convince them. There are some people you need to drag them to the house of God. You need to worry them so they follow you. Some of us, we just invite somebody and then, I mean, I invited, but I didn't come. I invited, but I didn't come. You did the first step. You skipped the third step. Keep the second step. There are people you don't even need to teach. You have to force them. Instead of warning them, some of them say, hey, I'm hey, you are judging me. No, I'm not judging you. I'm telling you the word of God. You people, you are like, hey, you see, some people, you, you crocro them and you come. Others, you have to warn them. Some, you have to convince them. Some, you have to urge them. That's what he's saying. Show them how their lives are wrong, and convince them, rebuking them, correcting them, warning them, urging them, encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. Those who say, I'm tired of telling him, I'm tired. He said, that don't be the inexhaustible in patience. There's no room for tiredness in this kingdom. Be kingdom conscious. The kingdom conscious, unflagging and inexhaustible, in patience and in teaching. In patience. Why? Because the time is coming when people will not tolerate endure sound and unwholesome instruction. It has already come. And they, they, they don't like truth. But rather having itching ears. Ears itching for what? For what they want to hear. Let's continue that firstly. They have ears, itching for something pleasing and gratifying. They will gather to themselves one teacher after another. 
to an to a considerable number <laughs> to a considerable number chose to satisfy their desires their own liking and foster the error or errors that they hold people don't want to hear anymore that's why you have to what encourage them edge them convince them rebuke them warn them and counsel them until they are in the house of god and turn aside, and will turn aside from hearing the truth, and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. As for you, verse number five, this one is now, he has spoken about them, now he's coming back to us. He's coming back to us. Are we hearing him? As are we hearing him? As for you, be calm and cool and steady. In other words, be focused. Be focused and alert. Accept and suffer unflinchingly. So, number four, be focused and alert. Because you don't know when God is going to speak to you. You don't know when God is going to ask you to go here, to go there. So you have been in Christianity for three years. God has never sent you an assignment. Are you sure you are in Christianity? Are you sure you are part of the kingdom? Are you sure you are aware of what is going on in the kingdom? Be alert. Don't be disorganized in what you do for God. Be alert. Whatever you are doing in serving God, do it well. I will tell you why. He said that don't be afraid, be unflinching in every hardship. Be accept and suffer unflinchingly. A version of the Bible says that do not be afraid to speak. In other words, number five, if you are going to be kingdom conscious, be ready to be sacrificial. Let's number five see. Be ready to be sacrificial. The new living translation. Can you give me the new living translation for that scripture? Verse five. NLT for verse 5. We'll come back to Amplify. So, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid for suffering of suffering for the Lord. Sometimes in working for the Lord, you go through things that are uncomfortable. Don't be afraid. You go through, through things that is not in your comfort zone. It's that don't be afraid. Sometimes look at the way we are fasting. You go through hunger. Don't be afraid. Sometimes God may ask you that, give all your money towards that project. Hey, I'm going to serve hunger. He said, don't be afraid. Sometimes God may ask you that, go and preach among people that you know they don't like you. He said, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Don't be afraid of going through hardship for the Lord. When you know it for the Lord. If it's just because you were mismanaged yourself, that's a different thing. But when you know it is for the Lord, he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Many a times God will even ask us in serving him to give all our money. But most of us will not obey that word because we are afraid. We are afraid of suffering. We are afraid of pain. We are afraid of rejection. But you can never walk with Jesus if you are afraid of suffering, of rejection, of sacrifice, and of dying. If you are afraid of dying, you can never work for God. We have a firefighter over here. If you are afraid of dying, you can never rush into a burning building. You have to be trained. That's why they take them through rigorous. Firefighting is an easy thing. It's an easy thing. That's why they can come and teach us, take this. But it takes a certain heart to actually do it. That is why they will take them through rigorous training. The rigorous training is not a firefighting. It's to prepare you to go and fight the fire. Because the firefighting is about equipment. But the, the akukudra. You, you used to enter that burning house. It's what you may be lacking. It's what you may be lacking. So they go through how, how many months? Six months. Is it easy? 
I wanted to go and visit her with Jolof. Apparently, they said they don't allow you to even come there. Oh, I'm telling you. They call no, no phone. Can you imagine you as you are? And you go one day without phone. Then you go one week without phone. Then you go, you see now somebody's really touching the phone. Oh my phone. I'm like, hey, I've been making grass and it's a monkey canoe. Even pray two hours without touching your phone, Christ. You see the way every now and then. You have not received a let, Christ, but you want to go and put on Maybe I'll receive a let. One month without phone. Six months without phone. What are they doing? They are killing something in them. And so something dies in you. You cannot run into the fire to save souls. Don't be afraid of suffering for Jesus. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Sometimes you didn't come with losing certain things, losing relationships, losing loved ones, losing this, losing that. But don't be afraid, he says. And when he says don't be afraid, it's not because he wants you to suffer. The truth is that he has something prepared for you. He has something prepared for you. But today, that's what I prepared for you. Don't be afraid, but it's my message. <laughs> but we see the blessings too much. We have to get to a place where we can even sacrifice. That God, if you don't even give me my money back, I'm happy doing it. You have to go hungry for your sake. I'm happy doing it. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.emenezaokonipa.com or call 0546-36-3957. God bless you.